And welcome back to a victory green hour where you're 11 and 1. Philadelphia Eagles defeated the Tennessee Titans 35 to 10 in their best overall game so far of the 2022 NFL season. I'm your host, LG Hurl. And as always, I am joined by my co host, Connor Donald. We apologize uh, for not doing an episode on Friday. Things happen, uh, but we are, you know, we're ready to go today and we'll definitely be. Be back this Friday to get you ready for the uh, big game against the New York Giants. How you doing, Connor? I'm doing better. I was sick over the weekend. That was one of those things that happened. Um, but I'm I'm on the mend. I'm getting better. I'm ready to talk Eagles football. That was a great wrap up to what was an otherwise shitty Friday and Saturday for me. Um, <laughs> being able to watch that game on Sunday was awesome um and watch them absolutely dominate um was even better um obviously you know the the big the big scene is espn still gives better odds of the super bowl to the dallas cowboys but odds are odds for a reason yeah. they're meant to be broken they don't often happen, especially when you're giving 50% odds on at this point in the season when they're a team that hasn't even clinched a playoff spot. Let's at least get to the point where we're clinching playoff spots, which the Eagles have a way more realistic chance of doing this week than they did this past week. We are likely locking it down. I think all we need is a win Winner or a tie. So Winner or a tie or a Minnesota and Seattle loss, but they can help themselves by beating the New York Giants in the first ba- first matchup of the season. And we'll obviously talk about the the Giants matchup more on Friday, but I think the Eagles might be catching the Giants at a good time. The Giants were flying high early in the season, but as we have said, they're mangled by time, injuries. And as I have said time and time this year, I think they're frauds. I don't think they're that good, and we're going to catch them at the end of the year when, again, you talked about the injuries, and now that they might be starting to come back to earth. But, but before we jump into the Titans game, as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Greenhour. Follow Connor on Twitter at. Connor 10, follow me on Twitter at LJHurrell54. Follow the Painted Lines on Twitter at or Twitter and YouTube at the Painted Lines and follow Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Edge of Philly Sports or EOP Sports. And as always, if you are joining us live, let us know in the comments what, what you guys started the game on uh Sunday against the Titans. If we would have had a show, Connor, if we would have had a show on Friday, I was worried about the game. I was worried about it. I didn't know if they would be able to stop Derrick Henry. I did not in a million years expect the Eagles to win 35-10 to 10, but to dominate as much as they had. And it was in all three phases. The special teams had their best game of the year. They brought up Ellis from the practice squad. He had a couple couple good stops. N'Kobe Dean you know, had a good tackle on special teams and then went in on defense when Kaiser White had and, and led the team in tackles. Britton Covey had his best game. He, he kind of he, he stepped out of that corpse that he's been all year. But, you know, we, we might talk about the uh, one of the releases that happened just before we came on the air that I would – I agree with you. I would take him over Covey as a returner um, in Darden from uh, Tampa Bay. But all three phases, 
worked in unison. AJ Brown had his revenge game. John Robinson got fired today after AJ Brown had the re- revenge game. It just all it was a the, a perfect matchup and a perfect blending of offense, defense, and special teams for the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. Like like you said, it was our most complete game, and we can probably pinpoint games where the defense looked better, the offense looked better. I don't think I can pinpoint a single game where the special teams ever looked anywhere like this special teams yeah. did. But a, as a complete team that dominated, and at no point did I ever feel worried about this game, this was the complete package. Like you said, it, it, it was such a great game. Um, by all Devonte Smith had an incredible game Everyone while the running game we knew wouldn't be overly effective they still were able to get a Miles Sanders rushing touchdown they were still able to get a Jalen Hurts touchdown they were still able to make things work and Jalen Hurts two for 280 yards this is the first only the third team in 90 NFL seasons to go back to back 350 rushing 350 passing yards in uh, consecutive games. So that is an extremely impressive feat because I tweeted it earlier in the week. You know, I think I've seen all I need to see from Jalen Hurts except one thing, a playoff win. Winning in the playoffs, you prove that to me. You, Howie, Howie has to basically give him a blank check and sign the dotted line. And what you may disagree with the sentiment the sentiment of a blank check or whatever but at the end of the day this guy did everything you wanted and more than what we expected of it and we've seen him throw we've seen him pass we've seen him win ugly we've seen him win in complete blowouts we've literally seen everything and at this point it's show me a playoff win but i I don't think we can and like 20 minutes an episode picking apart his game anymore. I, see, I, so I don't want to dive too much into the Jalen Hurts contract and all that because obviously it's going to happen and it'll happen at the end of the year. And when it happens, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it. But he has definitely exceeded my expectations. My only fear, I guess, in the back of my head would be, is he playing like this because he knows the contract's coming? And once, Now, I don't think Jalen is that guy. I don't think Jalen's the type of guy that once he gets paid, he's going to go back on his laurels and, morals and, and you know not be the hard worker that he is. But that that's always it because Car- we thought Carson in twenty you know in twenty seventeen when he should have won the MVP but finished second to, to Brady after he tore, tore his ACL like we we thought that that he was going to be the guy got paid now I'm not saying money went to his head but he just wasn't the same person I think that was mainly due to injury um, but we see it a lot where players you know going into the quote unquote contract year and obviously he has another year after this um, they'll they'll play they'll have their best year get paid and then they disappear. So that that's my only that's my only thing. But this is something we will talk about in the offseason because he is going to get a contract. Will it be 40, 45, 50 million a year? It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a, an insane amount. And it's going to be up to Howie Roseman to be able to keep this team together because they're paying their starting quarterback right now on a, a second round draft contract. It's not the same as, you know, when you're you're going to be paying him a bunch of money starting next year. How do you build around him is going to be the big question. And that's going to be a question that Howie has to has to answer and we all know how we can dummy do dummy dummy years and, and set up contracts a certain way but it, it you're this is going to be the highest amount he's going to set the record for quarterbacks in philadelphia for how much they get paid so that that's going to be now do you build the team around them they, we, we know aj is going to be here we know Devontae is going to be here most of the line is going to be here but now you have to put weapons on defense because a lot 
what seven, six or seven guys on the defense are on one year contracts. So that 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 um is you know that team this the defensive side of the football is gonna look different. You know, and then it's gonna be can Jalen score enough points on a weekly basis because the defense might not be as good. But there are questions that we're gonna talk about in the offseason. But in terms of this game, I'm gonna start with the, on the defensive side of the football. Derrick Henry did nothing. It was amazing. I, I was my the fear for mine, and, and I mentioned earlier, like if we had a show on Friday, my big fear was can they stop Derrick Henry? He I think you you put a stat out, I think, that the Eagles had zero missed tackles on defense. I don't Zero missed tackles on run defense. On I, run I defense. would have to double check the uh, yeah. pass defense but, side, but run defense is where we probably had the bulk of them in the past. Yeah, and look, and Dominican Sue and, and Linville Joseph are getting their feet now. They're, they're they're starting to get into rhythm. They got Jordan Davis back. He didn't play a lot, but you know he's still a big body, and he he makes a, a big difference. The defensive ends, Brandon Grams and Josh Sweat had a great game. Nicobe Dean, as we had mentioned earlier, he you know coming in for the last quarter quarter and a half. Led the team in, in in tackles. He was. I. How many times have I said over the last month that you can't teach fo- game day instincts, and that's what Nicobe Dean has. He has game day instincts. He might not look it in practice, but you put him in the middle of, of in between those, you know, in between the white lines on a Sunday uh, afternoon. He's going to go out there and make plays, and that's exactly what Nicobe Dean did on Sunday against the Titans, and. We have the question from Chris. Do you think Nicobe Dean gets increased snaps, snaps moving forward? I don't see how you keep him off the field. And I guess this is a good, a good problem to have, especially for the Eagles who don't value the linebackers that much. TJ Edwards is having a pretty, a really good season. Kaiser White started off really good, kind of slowed down a little bit, kind of is being the player we kind of thought he would be. Now they might have a exuberant amount of t- uh, linebackers. Now you just get them on the field. Let them play. You know, if you're not going to have to play your linebackers 100% of the time, Keep them fresh, keep them smooth, and get them out there. Let them make plays. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I think it's impossible to keep Nicobe Dean off the field, but obviously, I think you're going to continue to keep him, you know, maybe up it slowly um, and ramp things up because obviously he only played, what was it, 15 snaps? It yeah, felt, I think it was 15 really? snaps. It felt like more. <laughs> yeah, it was 15 snaps, 27% of defensive snaps. Um, which I mean, which is great, and maybe you work it to eighteen, work it to twenty, work keep working it up from there, and hopefully, maybe he can find his way into a very key role throughout the playoffs. Because I think the big thing that needs to be decided at this point: who are the players who are going to give you the best chance to win in a big moment? And now you need to look at T.J. Edwards, you need to look at Kaiser White, you need to look at Nakobe Dean, and you have to say which one of these guys is going to be the guy who can help me the most or which two of these guys are going to be the ones that help us the most who deserve the most playing time when it really matters. Also, who's going to be here next year? We know Nicobe Dean will be here next year. TJ Edwards and Kaiser White are both free agents. So, you know, probably one of them. I doubt both of them are back. So we know Nicobe's going to be on the field next year. He'll be a starter next year. One of them, probably TJ Edwards would be my guess as of right now. Um, would be the guy that the Eagles bring back to, to pair with Dean. Um, so, yeah, you, you want to see what he has. You just, just put him out on the field. And we're not saying play him, um, you know, 90% of the time. Yeah, not, don't play him 90% of the snaps, but give him 30, 35% of the snaps, 40. And like you said, up it 
up it so that as we get to the playoffs, like if you need him in there, he's not gonna be be rusty. And granted, we saw it. He had him, he played two defensive snaps all year. Gets out there in the third quarter on Sunday, and it looked like he'd been out on the field, it looked like his Georgia days. Um, you know, and, and then it was impressive to watch that first play where he was being held and somehow he was able to Derrick Henry. Like we're not talking about like a five foot eight, like Devin Singletary, James Cook type quarterback or running back. We're talking about Derrick Henry while being held with one arm, make it being able to make that tackle. There was points in the game. I will admit when I rewatched the tape that Chris, Chris, Mr. Crockpot put on, on uh, YouTube of all the plays that he was in on. There are times you can see as a tough time getting through the garbage and stuff and his size is a bit of a factor. But if no player is perfect to making plays 100% of the time. So really as long as when it really matters, he's making the plays. And on Sunday, it felt like when it really mattered, he made the plays, he stepped up and he did what he had to do. But obviously, does he need to bulk up a little bit and try not to try not to Admit, let that interfere with his athleticism. Yes, but it's not something I'm as concerned about as other people probably are going to start to pinpoint when the decision is made on linebackers next year. When the Kobe Dean front and center is one of your guys standing at what, 225, 230 pounds, because then everyone's going to say, well, can the Kobe Dean handle the physicality of the NFL? It was one of the biggest questions coming into the league, the injuries and his size and physicality at the NFL level. So, It'll be interesting to see, but he showed that he can make plays and he can make things happen, and that's the biggest thing that we've been waiting to see from a linebacker in a long time. And even TJ Edwards has done a lot. I think uh, he's got 109 total tackles. He's eighth in the NFL. That's super impressive. He's not a Pro Bowl year. Exactly. We haven't he seen a linebacker Bowl, we've had a Pro tackling since, like, Jordan Hicks. Like, Nigel Bradham had some good seasons, but I think Jordan Hicks maybe was the last 100 – Tack hundred tackle Maybe. linebacker in a season. Um, but also it was really impressive to see the defensive line. Um uh Chris says here Hargrave led the D line with 28 snaps on Sunday. It's actually good to see that the snaps are low for a lot of the guys along the defensive line. Um I mean Josh, I mentioned Josh Sweat had his best game of the year by far, and we and need I, to see more of that. And I mentioned that ever since the the snap count for Fletcher Cox has gone down. He's he's looked a lot better. Now that you have Sue, Linval Joseph, Jordan Davis is back. He'll be getting on the field more. Milton Williams, uh, Javon Hargrave. Like Now that you have that rotation, that rotation we had back in 2017, Fletcher Cox just looks a lot better. He's getting after the quarterback. He had one sack. He may have only had one tackle, but he still impacted. He was doing his job in, in, on the middle of the field, or excuse me, in the middle of the defensive line. Um there were no absolutely zero holes for Derrick Henry to run. What did he have? Eleven carries, thirty yards, or something like that. It, it was am- it was amazing because again, my fear of going into the game was Derrick Henry's going to eat us alive, but he didn't. Now, like they have enough, the Eagles get they're getting tested with the running backs because you have Saquon this week, different type of running back than Derrick Henry. Um, he can he can be he can run onto the outside, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, so he's going to pose a different test than Derrick Henry did. But just seeing what the Eagles' defense has been able, was able to do, especially after getting carved up, ever since that Houston Texans game, carved up by Damian Pierce. Um, I mean, they, they got carved up, or they didn't get carved up by Washington, but 
Washington ran the ball so much but and had a bunch of third and shorts because the Eagles were giving up three yards of carry. If you give up three yards of carry, it's going to be a third and manageable every time um, if, you, if, you're, if all you're doing is running the football. So it, it was good to see the Eagles. They went out with a lot of odd, odd man fronts, a five-man front. You know, it's mono e mono. If you win your battles, you win at the line. Of, if you win your battles at the line of scrimmage, you're you're going to force the running back to run into somebody, have to bounce it, and a, and a linebacker should be there. I mean, James Bradbury had a couple ta- early on, had a couple tackles on Derrick Henry. Just all around group effort by the Eagles defense to stop Derrick Henry. They took it upon themselves, Sam Reddick and, and the guys, and they. However, they got tested this week by Nick Sirianni and and Jonathan Gannon and and the the defensive coaching staff. They aced it easily this week. Yeah, and in following up on a couple of those uh, those things you said, I did tweet earlier this week that after allowing 722 rushing yards from weeks five through 10, that is 144 rush yards per game. The Eagles rush defense has only allowed 292 rushing yards over the last three weeks. That's a 97.3 rush yards allowed per game. And the last three weeks we faced Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you through weeks five and 10, we did not see that same type of competition. So the fact that they're getting a lot better when the competition is getting a lot better, uh, especially from a Russian perspective is a massive bonus. And if you you think about the next three games, Saquon Barkley, Justin Fields and David Montgomery, Zeke and Tony Pollard, it doesn't get any easier. It's going to get to, and then I think Alvin, then Alvin Kamara, and then Saquon, if that game even means anything. So, it like I said, like we've been saying, the competition, the running back they're going to be facing is it's it doesn't get any easier going forward. So, they're they're gonna they're gonna get tested, and they're just gonna have to continue to battle. And it helps when your offense can score points because if your offense can score, if you get the ball first, you score, you go up seven nothing, you force a three and out, or you force a punt, get the ball, score again, go up two scores. Then the, the offense, the opposing offense can't run the football. They're forced to throw. And when you have the corners that the Eagles have, you know, you, you, you're going to win those battles more time than not. And, you know, we know um, Gardner Johnson's out at least the next uh, three, three games um, before he could potentially come back. And Reed Blankenship didn't have a bad game. But he was also going up against the offense that doesn't really throw the football. So he'll get tested against Dallas more than he got tested against Tennessee, more than he'll probably get tested against the Giants, and definitely more than he'll get tested against Chicago because they don't really throw the football. So we won't get to see um, the what Reed Blankenship can be all about in the passing game until we get to that, that Christmas Eve matchup against Dallas. Yeah, and then for Fletcher Cox, I just want to add, like, through the first 10 weeks – including that Washington game where we saw him out there for like 60 snaps or 70 snaps. That was 85% of snaps. He's, he only had three sacks and two tackles for loss. Last three games, his snap share has dropped 74, 63, and a very low 49% on Sunday. He has two sacks and three tackles for loss in those three games. He's almost up to what his first 10 weeks was in three games because he is not being forced to play this humongous role. It's not necessarily... Is he washed? He's washed to the extent that he's not playing 80% of snaps, 90% of snaps. But at this point, I don't think there's many defensive linemen outside of like complete freaks that are going to play that type of workload. That's why you have such a heavy rotation in a lot of defenses on the defensive line, because they're just not meant to do that as much anymore, especially the tackles. Um, 
So it's really impressive to see Cox coming in and playing as well as he did. Um, and then, I mean, I found the game plan was just extremely impressive for defense. That was force them, take it, take the rush, make them work hard on the runs, force short runs, force the pass on third down, force them to pass when they don't even like to pass at all. Like the fact that he had to throw the ball 22 times is a fairly high number for Ryan Tanhill. And then Ryan Tanhill, he, he ended up getting injured and left the game. So he could have been thrown even more. But the fact that you forced that early on and that's what got you out and ahead and you were up 21 to 10 at halftime was all that you really needed to do. Yeah. So that was really impressive. And I love watching Gardner Minshew walk out there, of course. So, I mean, I don't know how much more I have to add on the defensive side of the football. Um, I would still say uh, Josiah Scott, he he did have a missed tackle. He's looked okay, but he allowed I think all three. might be back this week. I hope so, because I think that going forward, Josiah Scott would definitely be a liability. He has looked a part of a liability. And while, yes, he's made some nice tackles or whatever, he's a liability more in the coverage game. And I really do not think that that's a good thing. Um, So hopefully he comes back. Yeah. So I want to Dallas running the table. They won't run the table because it's Dallas and it's December and they're they're – they're they stinking late in the season, but Dallas could run the Dallas, wait, 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 wait. Dallas could run the table, and the Eagles will still win the division because that would Eagles are only if if the Eagles might have one loss the rest of the year. The Eagles win the division. Dallas is still going on, on the road in the playoffs and losing their first playoff game because we know what they have one playoff win in or how many play, like three playoff wins in twenty five years, whatever it is. So. I'm glad we have a and, Dallas and, fan. And, and, and I get comments. it. And, and I get it. Okay, so they mauled. They they. Okay, so the Packers. They won by. They lost by three points to the Packers. They yeah. they mauled the Vikings. Okay, good. We beat the Vikings as well. You don't need to maul a team to necessarily say you're good because after mauling the Vikings, you beat the Giants by eight, and then you go and you maul the the lowly Indianapolis Colts. Like at this point, I get it. Okay. If you want to point to that, oh, the Philadelphia Eagles only put up 17 points against the Indianapolis Colts, we can look at other games as well where we completely mauled teams. It, you're just you're just picking games and situations that work towards your saying, running the, the table Dallas and mauling beat, teams. Dallas can beat the Eagles on on Christmas Eve, and it won't matter. The Eagles are still winning the division. The Eagles are just still have the number one overall seed. Eagles were very fortunate to beat the Colts. The Eagles beat Dallas. Shut the shut the hell up. I don't care if Cooper <laughs> Rush was playing. Cooper Rush was undefeated, and everybody wanted Cooper Rush. Even Jerry Jones wanted Cooper Rush to be the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback. The Eagles beat the, the Cowboys. The Eagles are two games up on them. The Eagles will probably lose one game the rest of the year. They might lose the last game of the year because it might not matter. And the Eagles are going to win the division. And, and just season. saying, it it was twenty one to nineteen. In that Colts game, so there was there was a point where we Matt would be Ryan having such. Oh, he is absolutely. There is a world where we'd have a completely different conversation if, say, that game ends in the third quarter and it's twenty-one to nineteen. That we have a very if different conver- started, conversation, Sirdar. If Nick Foles started that game, the Colts win. I don't know about win, but I think they are putting up more points than this. This is the the Colts are abysmal. Like so the get, fact that you're to, the, 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 the pride in mauling the Colts is is uh, is uh, 
good, good, well, good on you. They'll be talking next week after they beat the Texans, you know, after that. Oh, after they mold the Texans and then wait, go wait, back wait, to just, our hold game. Hold up, hold up, hold up. So he just said the Eagles' offensive line cannot stop Dallas' pass rush. Oh, when we face oh. Dallas, listen, listen, listen. When we face Dallas, Dallas had Micah Parsons. Dallas had the It had nothing line. to do with Dak. Dallas had Gilmore. Dallas had all their starters on defense. And guess what? Micah Parsons, while Lane Johnson was playing because he had concussed and they got Micah Parsons didn't sniff Jalen Hurts. The, the Eagles offensive line is the best offensive line in football. The Eagles offensive line can stop. What did Micah Parsons do against the, against Lane Johnson? Not a damn thing. God. I'm glad we have Cowboy fans in our mentions, though. But let's get back to the Eagles, the 11-1 Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the first-place Philadelphia Eagles. Um, on the offensive side of the football, they, you knew it was going to be a an A.J. Brown game. You knew A.J. Brown wanted revenge against the team that drafted him and traded him and didn't want to pay him. And he had himself a whale of a game. Five, was it five catches, 112 yards, two touchdowns? That first, The first touchdown that didn't mm-hmm. count, was a hell of a throw and a hell of a catch. Just his toe is like if his shoe was a little bit, if his shoe was one size smaller, it's a touchdown. But uh, yeah, it's, you got to give. They don't need to run the football, or if if the Eagles need to run the football, they can run the football on anybody. If the Eagles need to pass the football, they can pass the football on anybody. You don't know how to stop the Philadelphia Eagles because they can win both ways. They can win in a um, they can win in a fist fight type of game. They can win in a blowout. They can win running the football. They can win passing the football. So the Eagles deserve the, – the coaching staff, Nick Sirianni, Shane Steichen, they deserve a lot – definitely Jeff Stoutman because he puts in the a lot of the game plan, especially on the run side of the football. They deserve a, a heck of a credit. And you're, we're talking about an Eagles team that put up 35 points and they get, had 12 penalties, I think. Like that first half, first quarter, they had like seven penalties. Every offensive lineman had a penalty. It was brutal. Was it was brutal. And the Eagles still put up 35 points. So they, they can win in any ways, and, and just that game plan. The offense, you talked about the defensive game plan being brilliant, being perfect. <laughs> the offensive game plan for the Eagles was, was another outstanding show of force. Yeah, they, the offense alone had nine penalties uh, that cost 52 total yards. Like, just imagine that. And, and Landon Dickerson, he had one for 11 yards. Jason Kelsey, he had one for six yards. Lane Johnson, two for five yards. Like, there was just so... Isaac Samalu, three for five yards as well. So, obviously, some penalties were probably rejected in some of these circumstances because they were dependent on the situation. But that just goes to show there was so many points where maybe we had the first down, but it was brought back and it just was such, it's so rare to see the defensive line do those types of things. Um, so hope our offensive line. So it's so rare to see the offensive line do those types of things. So hopefully those things get cleaned up before, as the season goes on and we start playing some, some tougher, uh, defensive lines and we won't get away with the holds. Um, there won't be the opportunity to get away with all those holds if there's holds. Um, and it could cost us a lot more dearly. We're lucky that these didn't cost us more. And at the beginning of the game, it looked like it could have cost us more, but it didn't. Um, so yeah, didn't they have two, two penalties on the first drive and still went down and scored in five plays. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, like the penalties were just an atrocity. It was so, so hard to watch. And it was always holds. It was always holds. It's just the simple things of knowing when to let go or. You a holding penalty on Jason Kelsey that wasn't a holding penalty either. Like, oh, no where to put your hands properly. Happy. No matter what. I mean, I'll never. But at the end of the day, I'm never going to sit here and say the ref screwed us or screwed something up because. The ref, it's human error. The refs miss things on all occasions. And at this point, we've been on the favorable side of uh, calls. We've been on the losing side of calls. And it's going to happen to every single team. And at this point, if all you if all you want to do is say, blame the refs or say, oh, it was something to well, do I with the refs. No. the refs. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying you specifically. But at the end of the day, it's we still have to clean something up about our game if we went out there and got nine penalties. And the bulk of those were holding penalties. We got, They got to work on some things. And this is what – this is – Sir Dar, cover your ears – this is probably the best offensive line in football. So yes. arguably, it's between them and, sorry, it's not Dallas, but probably the Cleveland Detroit. Browns. There's Detroit. two. Detroit's really good, too. There's probably like three to five that are debatable, but three that are debatable for the number one spot, and then the top five is really interchangeable. But at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles have a really good O-line. Jeff Stoutland is an incredible coach. He's Jeff done Stoutland's such great Hall, things. Hall of Fame coach. He should. I hope he never ever ends up leaving Philadelphia. It would be such a nightmare. I, like at this I point, I wonder if he leaves when Kelsey leaves, though. Like, they, I wonder if they're hand in hand. I hope not. I, I really hope not. But like, you see, like a changing of the guard coming because you see Kelsey could be out the door soon. Lane Johnson says he's going to be out the door soon. It's like, is Jeff Stoutland going to say, "My time is now"? And stop with some of these guys who's he's who's done such a great job of developing like Jordan Mailata what he's like 26 years old he's still really young and he's still got a lot to go Landon Dickerson's still super young and got so much in him um Cam Jurgens is gonna have a lot in him as well speaking of Dickerson while he is good he he's been hobbled by penalties or not penalties by injuries Mm -hmm. I feel like he I feel like he's the new Jason Peters almost to, to an extent where he's always coming out of the game at some point um which is which is a shame because I mean obviously he's re- he's really good left guard one of the better left guards in um, again go back and watch the first game Sirdar Dallas's pass rush did nothing and you can't blame injuries for that because yeah you can't Dallas blame Zach is- now being there for that because if we're talking pass rush versus O line and actually I looked it up. Uh, so Micah Parsons had three total pressures in that game. They all came as soon as Lane Johnson was out. So if Lane Johnson plays that whole game, there's a chance that I would love to have a Christmas show. If we win just to be able to talk to you, sir, and just ruin your Christmas and talk (laughs) about, talk about that game. Um, but, but we won't do that. We won't do that to you. But some of these comments, I mean, Dallas fans aren't (laughs) the brightest people in the world. Like it's it's ridiculous. And a good thing hurts is good at running for his life. Um, didn't Demarcus Lawrence say before week one that we don't know how good Hurts is because he hasn't faced Dallas's defense yet? And Demarcus Lawrence was eating dirt the entire day. So let's calm down. I'm not saying Dallas's pass rush isn't good, but the Eagles' offensive line is the best in football and can go mano a mano with Dallas's pass rush. So. I would we'll I would actually argue that four of the top ten defensive lines are, are in, the, in NFC the NFC East. 
So, Serdar, your comment does not go disrespected. I do think there's a lot of really good defensive lines in the NFC East, and I think they're all going to continue to just keep getting better. I still think San Francisco's defense is the best defense in football. Oh, as a whole, that defense is – they're the only defense yet to allow 200 points. It's crazy. Crazy. Their defense is ridiculous. But, um, so, yeah, taking it back to the Titans game – well, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how is if the Eagles can continue this momentum going forward. Um, obviously, in normal years, the Eagles would have the division wrapped up by now. They'd be eleven and one. They clinched the East, and they could just now they're battling for the for the for the bye. Which obviously, if it was still, the last year, we had it clinched in like week six. <laughs> which we're still battling for the bye, but um, it, it's like you have the Minnesota that's a game behind you. You have a game in hand on them because you beat them. Or I should say you have the tiebreaker with Minnesota because you beat them. Right now you have the tiebreaker with Dallas because you beat them, but you still have them one more time. You have to think that you have to think that Dallas might lose one to two more games because t- I think Tennessee will still be tough, and they got our game. We might lose one to two more games. So like the Eagles could be fourteen and three, Dallas could be thirteen and four, and you know the two the two best teams in the NFC are going to be in the East. And one's going to have a bye. The other's going to be playing a road game in Tampa. I just want to point out there are three teams with playoff scenarios in this this week. Eagles are one of them. All they have to do is win and they clinch. The Chiefs have a chance to win their division. And Minnesota. The Vikings have a chance to win their division. We have a chance to be in the playoffs. Just in the show. And these other teams are ready to clinch their damn pl- – they're, they're, they're ready to punch their ticket to be in the champions of their division. That's crazy. Like, that's, that's just, just unheard of. That's just the East has been this year, which is – like, I, I mean, before this past weekend's games, all four, all four teams in the NFC East were – if the playoffs were to start, were in it. Now um, I think Washington's out and Seattle's – no, and Seattle's in, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Seattle's um, in and Washington got scooched yeah. out for now. Um, yeah, so like, and, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, going forward, but um, like you said, if the Eagles can, and we'll talk about this on Friday a little bit, kind of get into the the scenario. But Eagles, all they have to do is win. All you have to do is beat the Giants, and it's not going to be an easy task, obviously. But but the, since the game's at MetLife, there are it's going to be forty percent Eagles fans there. And with, and with the injury issues, the bug injury bug lately, I'm so terrified of that field. I'm terrified. Oh, of that, that, field. that field is one of the worst fields in football. That's why they're changing it next year. Like they're they're changing the turf to I don't know if it's going to go to synthetic grass or whatever, but they are changing it. They're going to get input from the players. But yeah, it, it's awful, and it is it is a worry. Um, we do remember, and again, this is something we'll talk about more on Friday. But last year, Jalen had one of his worst games there in, in Jersey. So. You know, hopefully, and obviously, this is a totally different Jalen Hurts, um, and a totally different defense for the Giants. So we'll we'll see. But you said it. We said it right. You, the injury bugs are starting to hit the Giants at the right, and we're facing the Giants at the right time. Um, even when they were, whatever their record was, seven and one, whatever six and two. I I thought that they were a fraudulent team, and we're kind of starting to see it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, Other things as far as the Titans and Eagles game go, I mean, I don't think there's much more to add on the the offensive side of the football. Hold that up, before, was in. Before, I want. I need to get to Dallas. Can't beat the Eagles in Philly either. So shut the hell up. All right, continue. <laughs> I'll bring up the comment there. I think if you want to go far in the division, you have to win the division because Eagles cannot beat Dallas at Dallas. 
and go far in the playoffs. That's what he meant. So, go far in the playoffs, not go far in the division. Um, yeah, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, it was a really good game. Quez Watkins had another really impressive game. The pass that he dropped, it was a little high, a little wide, like a little behind. It would, would have been a tough play for Quez to make, but Quez has still stepped in admirably for Dallas Goddard. Um, the and tight ends Dallas continue Goddard to just be, be terrible. Yeah, Not Dallas it. Goddard has to be back. Dallas got we are missing Dallas Goddard greatly from a tight end perspective. Jack stole three yeah, receptions, forty one yards. Good good game, game. But Calcutta and Stall did have good games. And they they you know, we talked about a lot of the things we talked about over the last couple of weeks is them not being able to expose the middle of the field. And Jalen Hurts was able to find them both over the middle of the field. So it was good to see that. You just can't trust him as much. I could three for forty-one and one for nineteen. Good, that that's respectable. You you're you're doing your 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 treading water. I also course, think at this though. Point. I also think the game plan this week was AJ Brown. Let, let's get the re- absolutely so, that, that well, catch the the touchdown catch that he made where he absolutely moss. Well, he didn't even moss the guy. That's like a that's he, he's Brown in the guy. Like I don't even know what we would call it because he literally he ran just right through. Who did he run through? Christian him. Fulton. Yeah, on the on his first touchdown, I think it was his first touchdown. And it really move. didn't matter. Like you could have put Fulton over there. You could whoever you put over there, it didn't matter. He did, oh didn't no, it was not Fulton. It was uh, it was the other guy that he ran Molden? over on that play. Uh, Molden? Oh man, I'm looking for his name on here. It might be Jones. Is it Jones Adams? Adams? No. Maybe. I thought I thought it was Fulton. I got hurt in that play. I don't think it was Fulton that he ran over on the play you're referencing, but it it, it might have been. But yeah, we're talking about his first play. touchdown, right? The one where where it was mm-hmm. the double move. I think I'm almost, I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I thought it was Fulton. It nonetheless, it was extremely impressive to watch. Like his route running, while not like Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs esque, his route running still. That's one of the reasons the defenders were kind of left behind. And even though he doesn't like pull away from people like Tyreek Hill, he's able to make those plays where Jalen Hurts can put it where he trusts A.J. Brown will be, but the defender is not going to be. And those are the plays that are extremely impressive. Devonta Smith had a really good game. I, I can guarantee if we had a show on Friday, one of us was picking Devonta Smith as a player to watch because it's literally happened almost every single week of this season. Um, A.J. Brown was a cop-out pick because obviously A.J. Brown was going to have the game. It was a revenge game. It even got his manager fired because they're like, we got Traylon Burks who went for one for 25 and a touchdown, and they got A.J. Brown who went for eight, one, nineteen, and two oh. touchdowns. He got hurt. Who would have known? He, what, what, he did who, get hurt. We don't know what Burks' numbers would have been like if he didn't get concussed. But, he, did, uh, he did get hurt. If, he did if get there hurt. Was, if there was a there. game, If there was a game for Devontae Smith to go off, it would have been this game because you, I would have thought that Tennessee's defense would not have let AJ Brown beat them. And, you, and I would, I would, I'm shocked they didn't put 11 guys on AJ Brown. Like that's how. Like should have put one, more. Should have. There's one guy you don't want to beat you. It's it's AJ Brown. But they kept going man on man, one on one, and I had no idea why. It was constant single coverage, and I could not for the life of me. And no, like. Because he was getting down the field like 20, 30 yards. So there was no safety hanging mm-hmm. over to help. Like he was literally man, man, one on one. And he was just taking these guys to town. Um, and I, I do want to get out of the way. Traylon Burks, that hit. I get it. What do you want defensive players to do? The point of protecting the, the, but the point, but the, I don't, that's debatable. The point of protecting 
defenseless receivers is that those are going to be called every single time. The fact that people go to Twitter and continue to say, look at this, I slowed it down, I snapped a picture, this is not a penalty. A defenseless receiver is always going to be called. Whether you like it or not, it is how you protect the receiver. And at that point, is there a chance he could have knocked the ball out? Yes. Is there a way you could have controlled how that hit was going to happen? Not really. I get it. It is incredibly difficult to be a defender in the NFL today. We've talked about it, LJ. In games where we've seen us screwed by the refs because of a defender on a play that we didn't like, we've talked about it. It is incredibly difficult to be a defender in today's NFL. Well, it's because the NFL wants to score points, and points equals ratings, so... They they're they gonna, do, but at the end of the day, you the also have to protect the players too. And and like if you're like he did go in with the helmet, whether he hit the shoulder, whether he well, hit the chin, wherever Ron, he hit. Ronnie he Lott, hit. Ronnie Lott, Steve Atwater, Brian Dawkins, Ed Reed, Troy Palomalo couldn't play in today's game, I don't think. Because that's a that's a normal hit for them. That's a normal hit. I'm I'm convinced some of Marcus Epps hits like he's a heat seeking missile. Some of those I'm convinced if he actually lands them and that doesn't miss them, they're probably penalties because he is uh, he doesn't know where he's hitting when he's hitting. So that's true. All right. So the Eagles won 35 to 10. They're 11 and one. Next up, the New York Giants for the first time this season. Five games left in the season. If the Eagles win against the Giants this week, they clinch. A playoff berth, something the Dallas Cowboys cannot do this week. Um, but before we finish off, Connor, we have our unheralded player of the week for week, thir- week 13 in the National Football League. Who are you going with this week? I have to say, Serdar, if he's still here, he must just love the love the back and forth and the banter to, con- to sit through 40 minutes of Eagles talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Brock Purdy for the San Francisco 49ers. I get it. Listen, it was mostly on the San Francisco 49ers defense completely shutting down. Well, I mean, Tua probably he did he did a bit more of his work in the garbage time phase. But at the end of the day, Brock Purdy came in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo. He went 25 for 37, 210 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. So he was responsible for putting 12 of those 33 points up on the board. Um Yes, the San Francisco 49ers defense as a whole deserves this award practically every single week. It's incredible. Like I said, they're the only defense that has not allowed 200 points against. They're still at 190 points against, and I think the closest to them is 206 after that. So it's incredibly impressive to see what they're doing. And all they got to do, with Brock Purdy or or with Jimmy Garoppolo, I still fear them. Because if you say we cannot have them that opponent score more than seven or ten points i trust that they will go out there and they will make sure the opponent does not score that and that they score just enough to beat them like that is the type of team the 49ers can be and they can actually win with that formula because their defense is very scary Mm -hmm. but i got brock purdy for this one yeah the broncos give given up 204 points and they're dumpster fire it's so, because of that offense and they're, they're the i feel so bad that their defense is so underrated like so underappreciated i love patrick sertan love patrick Patrick sertan's great really good. so good um but yeah so give denver a legitimate quarterback and 200 <laughs> two, just think about it though 204 points against and their point differential is minus 38 
How? Why? It's crazy. Actually, I know why, but we won't get into that. I'm so glad that Russell Wilson decided not to want to come to Philly. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Samaj Pirine, um, which kind of hurts me only because I have Joe Mixon in fantasy and he's been out the last two weeks and I need him back. Uh, but Pirine went for 106 yards rushing, 49 yards receiving, didn't have any touchdowns, but he has been su- he's been such a good – now you have a legitimate, you know, two, two-headed monster at running back. And Joe Burrow can't lose to Patrick Mahomes. It's weird. Like, Patrick Mahomes owns everybody but Joe Burrow. Um, so I'm going to go with Samaje P. Ryan, and I'm hoping that Joe Mixon is back this week and they don't split carries and they let Mixon go off for another five-touchdown day against whoever uh, they're playing, who I, I actually don't know. But it doesn't matter, I guess. But, yeah, I, I want to see – oh, they got the Browns. Hmm. I would like to see – Hopefully Joe Mixon is back this week. I need it for fantasy purposes. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to go Samaje Piran. You went Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy is going to be the starting quarterback for um, – For now. For the Niners, it, and they it, think does, Jimmy Garoppolo could surgery, be back. So. Jimmy Garoppolo could be back in seven to eight weeks, which takes them to the divisional round of the playoffs. So if they win wild card weekend, you see Jimmy G back. But if you win it – if they get to the playoffs and win, win wild card weekend with Brock Purdy – Obviously, it depends on how they win. Why would you bench them? Like, it'd be it'd be hard to take out Brock Purdy. I think at that point in time. Yeah, like say that game is like I said, a game where it's like okay, hold them to ten or less, and we'll do the rest, and then you win the game. What like thirteen six or something? Yeah. Then then I'd be like, okay, we probably got to look Jimmy G's way. But if the defense can completely shut them down, and Brock Purdy can go and hang a team for you know uh three scores or whatever and they end up winning like you know 24 to 7 or something then you can probably sit there and say okay depends on who we play but do we think we can play brock purdy in this situation like you're gonna get a really good extended look if you're the 49ers and people make a really smart decision come playoff time so yeah and with that defense they, they're gonna be in every game all right thank you for listening to the kelly green and also sirdar i hope our episode after Christmas Eve, if the Eagles win, you better not ghost us. You better come and eat that crow. We'll be here, obviously, because we have December to. December 27th. We'll, we'll be here because we have to. And if the Eagles lose. No, no, no. LG, because we love to. <laughs> we don't have to. We love to. I'm just saying if we lose, it's not going to be a fun episode. But if, if the Eagles lose, we'll be here. We'll talk about it. We'll eat our crow. But if Dallas loses that game, you better not ghost us. You better be here. To take it all in, as the the Eagles are going to win the NFC. I gotta say, he's my favorite Cowboys fan, and I'm I say that very, very, very lightly. I I hate Cowboys fans, but I you show up every single week. You go into the you go into our comments. You force our will eventually to look at your comments because you post them over (laughs) and over and over, and we have to look and we have to make a comment. And you catch LJ, you catch me. You're probably my favorite Dallas Cowboys fan, but I hate the Dallas Cowboys. I hate Dallas Cowboys fans, but you're my favorite one because you're there in the comments and you make episodes really fun. So I hate, I hate Cowboy fans that are from the Philly area. I don't know where Sardar's from, but the Cowboy fans that are from the Philly area that can't point Texas out on a map and have never been to Texas are the worst kind of scum of scum of earth. No, that's because they're cheering for America's team. America's team. We're talking about the Arlington Cowboys, right? Because that's where they are. <laughs> Just like we're going to face the New Jersey Giants this week or the East Rutherford Giants, I should say. <laughs> All right.
Well, thank you for tuning in as the Philadelphia Eagles defeat the Tennessee Titans 35 to 10. As always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. Follow me on Twitter at LJHorrell54. Follow the Painted Lines on Twitter and face our Twitter and YouTube at the Painted Lines. And follow Edge of Philly Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Edge of Philly Sports or EOP Sports. We'll be back Friday to get you set for the big NFC East divisional matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the East Rutherford Giants. For Connor, I'm LJ. Thank you and have a good night. You want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. Sanders patiently arriving. Sanders good cut. And another block. Sanders still going.